welcome to Strategy Talk where the authors and editors discuss news and events with a splash of history. Our host today is Dan Masterson. Joining him is Jim Dunnigan, well-known military author and the Dean of Wargaming. Also, joining today's show is columnist and author retired Lieutenant Colonel Austin Bay. Welcome, Austin and Jim. As I was thinking about the things that have happened over the last couple of weeks, I thought we might focus on the intelligence failure of the Israelis and I, I would assume the United States too. I mean, if we look back on history, there have been numerous intelligence failures. Um, people are comparing this to 9-11, Jim, but it's really not the same because uh, the 9-11 failure was a failure of imagination and the ability to connect the dots. This is they should have been watching for this and been ready for it, right? Yes, but they didn't. The problem is, they first of all, they had nobody inside Hamas. Now, I don't know why they didn't, uh, but unless you have somebody, in a, an informant, as it were, an informer inside of an organization you're tracking, you don't know really what they're up to. The second problem is the um, Iranians were shipping in, smuggling in, Lots of missiles. <laughs> they they basically have fired like three or four thousand and made more so forth. And that got them started. Uh they didn't have any inkling of what their plan was. They just come charging out of Gaza and start killing Israelis. They, they killed by twelve That's never happened before. Now they're running out of uh, how should I put it, uh, speed, as it were. Uh and they're not getting much farther. Uh, Hezbollah up in Lebanon didn't really want to get that heavily involved. They had more of a sense of self-preservation. But Hamas didn't really care if they, you know, destroyed themselves. Now, they had it. I mean, there's still some of them in, in Gaza, and they still have some rockets left, and they have hostages, uh, but they're not doing much with me. Uh, there's some I can do. The, uh, I don't think Israel is going to surrender thousands of prison uh, Palestinians in for murder, others for insurrection, what have you, in order to get a few of their hostages. These are Americans, and I don't see America and, you know, issuing any uh, demands, as it were. Uh, but the Israelis to handle this. It's their 9-11. It's their problem. Austin? Well, it, it, they have looked with most intel failures, there has been a, a very careful cover story uh, prepared and followed by the uh, attacking opponent, let's put it that way. Just take a look at what the, the Japanese did uh, in, beginning really in August and September of 1941. The United States and Great Britain expected Japan to go south to the Dutch East Indies, to Indonesia, and seize the oil fields. And that's what the Japanese uh, indicated they were preparing to do uh, and wanted the United States to conclude that. So they kept your guard down about Pearl Harbor. And here's, here's the comparison making with... Uh, with uh, Israel and Gaza, Hamas. Hamas 
for the past five, six, seven years, has developed a cover store that we're interested in uh, economic development, social development, improvement, uh, improving conditions in Gaza. Now, they're really not, but that's, that's the story that the United States wanted to hear, certainly the Biden administration. And at the same time, the Israelis wanted that because they were comfortable with it. And that was all the intelligence they were getting from their sources. Jim's right about having uh, human intelligence sources inside an enemy organization. Therefore, you're, you have a, someone who is able to hear the chit-chat that goes on offline. It's not digital, it's not electronic, and it's in places that can't be tapped. And Hamas was very, very careful about operational security there. They're keeping what their their plans uh, off the away from electronic ears and uh, off off paper as uh, as well. Now they didn't hide the training. We've gone. I've read at least six or seven uh, very credible r- reports on. The Hamas training paragliders, uh, assault preparation, even had, and the Israelis were aware of this, they had a, a, a kibbutz in the same way that you trained uh, to go into a uh, Iraqi village. U.S. had several of those here in the continental United States to prepare soldiers for deployment uh, uh, to Iraq. The uh, Hamas had a uh, a pseudo kibitz to train their uh, 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 their attackers. They also had very detailed, uh, and it, it, this was easy to acquire because they're so close to, uh, to 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 their targets. Detailed maps and preparations of uh, uh, of the kibbutzes and villages. Even the individual houses they were uh, they were going to hit, but they managed to keep all that away from Israeli intelligence by the the tight operational security they had. And again, they were thwarting Israeli electronic and digital surveillance, avoiding it. Really, you know, the, the, that's how they they avoided it. Therefore, they thwarted it, and lacking the uh, human intelligence. Uh, uh, resources inside Hamas, the Israelis uh, it, it missed it. They bought the covers in the same way the United States bought Japan's cover story in uh, the fall of of 1941 because it fit with the way they wanted it. I'm talking about the Israelis wanted to see the uh, 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 see relations uh, uh, developing. Oh, we're finally going to reach a place where we can get along and. Hamas, in its charter, <clears throat> it's created. <coughs> excuse me, created to destroy Israel, and then they carried it off. <laughs> Even though they told you what they were going to do in their charter, uh, they pretended they'd mellowed, and the pretension was the a very very clever cover story.
So, Jim, one of the curious facts is how did they break through the Israeli security zone uh, so effectively? Brute force. They just went charging in. They didn't get through everywhere, but they got through in enough places to be able to run free, as it were, in, in uh, relatively unprotected areas. And they slaughtered people. Uh, simple as that. And they basically had no regards for their own survival. They kept going, and so there were a few of them left. I don't think any of them got any further than uh, the West Bank. And uh, the Israelis were already in there, you know, uh, suppressing any any who was uh, willing to join uh, Hamas coming out of uh, Gaza. Uh, uh, so they basically had, they had surprise going uh, on the Israelis. They killed a, a record number of Israelis, but they didn't win. Now, that doesn't mean they won't try again, if there's any, you know, again. They said, ah, oh, gosh, these Israelis say they're going in, but they have a problem in that the place is for right, sort of tunnels. Uh, there are, there are booby traps, bombs all over the place. Uh, the Israelis say they're, they can handle that, and you'll know in time if they, if they can, and they do. Uh, because they allow Hamas to remain in Gaza. They cannot, cannot allow Gaza to remain independent. I mean, it, that's, that's, that's a bitter pill to swallow because they left Gaza, what, right, in 2007, or 2005, and Hamas came in and took over by force in 2007. Uh, and they said, oh, well, we can, we can contain now. Well, you can't. So they said, well, if you can't contain it, if you can't tame it, you destroy it. Uh, because it's a matter of life or death for Israel because the, uh, the Hamas, Boss will keep escalating their plans and and doing and doing that because their their ally is Iran. Iran is supplies the logistics. They supply cash. Uh, uh, you can bribe a, a lot of uh, Egyptian border guards uh, to look the other way for a lot of stuff to come in or go out. Uh, uh, and that doesn't mean the people of uh, of Gaza uh, because the uh, they're stuck there, uh, but they. Uh, the Egyptian border security people know that if, uh, <laughs> if, um, if the Iranians want something done, uh, they all get rich. And uh, so that's what they're waiting on if it, if it comes to that. Uh, you know, the corruption is, is a major factor over in that part of the world. And if you have money, you can basically take advantage of the corruption. And that's what, the, uh, that's what Hamas and Iran is doing. Now, Iran has its own problems at home, but that's a separate issue. Uh, you know, the uh, the Iranian people are getting a little sick and tired of all this money being wasted on adventures, as it were, that do Iran no good, uh, but somehow make the uh, the the clerics who are running the country uh, to feel that they're accomplishing something. It's all a very nihilistic, you know, attitude. The more we destroy, the more we're doing. Um, and there's not much you can do about that except to... Uh, trying to destroy completely, which is, again, what the Israelis are doing in Gaza. They're taking over the place. They're not leaving. Uh, right back to the good old days. Uh, and they're going to have a hard time doing that. But if there's any opposition in in uh, in uh, uh, Gaza, uh, that opposition is going to have to stand up and fight because the Israelis are looking for it. Now, the Israelis do have a lot of information on war in Gaza in terms of, you know, uh, places to hide weapons and the tunneling systems and what have you, they, they basically, they dealt with those before, 
Well, now nah, they're going to plug them all up. And uh, they're going to basically let the uh, 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 as a population of civilians know, look, if you guys want to you know, uh, keep living you know, uh, free of, of terror and uh, sudden death from your, uh, your, uh, your, your, your fellow residents here, you got to cooperate. Now, they may not, because that's been the nature of things over in the Middle East. You know, some people never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Uh, but hopefully, uh, there are a few sane individuals that was, as you know, wiped out if they keep on going. I mean, that's, that's another tradition of the Middle East. I mean, there are other occasions where entire pop. Uh, that's what happens to the Phoenicians and several other groups. Uh, in the old days, they used to just transport the population. The Israelis went to Egypt at one point, then they were schlepped all the way over to Iraq. Uh, they found their way back, but at least there were some people left to go back. Um, the, the latest crowd of, uh, of maniacs are willing to go for totally fishing. A little difficult these days because Israel is a large country. They're one of the most technically advanced and uh, well-armed countries in the region. And once they start using their military power and their other power, uh, they can wipe out uh, you know, whoever they, they think they have to. And right now they have a, have a short list and at the top is Hamas and there's a lot of you know, lesser evils uh, to be attended to as well. So Hamas didn't just make an impression on the world and on the Arabs about, hey, look, we killed a bunch of Israelis. Uh, I don't know if they realize that there are a lot of them are in fact still four or more Palestinians have been killed than Israelis and the death toll is going up now a lot of the Iranians and the Russians even some Americans are moaning and going oh this is disproportionate force well that's what works over there you misunderstand proportionate force just you know, delays it for a while longer and it comes back disproportionate force poof you know, can basically make it go away for a long, long time. And if you keep an eye on things, which is really Israel did not, uh, it'll try and come back. And then you got to basically do a, uh, a total you know, destruction, you know, drill again. I mean, those are the rules that apply over there. People say, well, that should change. Well, it doesn't. And everybody who's tried, you know, has come off second best. So there we go. It's the way of the world in that part of the world. Austin, your take on the breakthrough and why it was so successful, or I, I guess when I say successful, I mean they did what they wanted to do. They killed Israelis, but they didn't take any territory. Well, uh, Dan, one of the things they clearly practiced was uh, what we call set out for techniques or combat engineering techniques. Uh, go through obstacles, and they they had the, the obstacles are right there in front of them. They could analyze it, uh, could see where the, they needed to uh, use breaching charges, or cut uh, 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 cut through, or even slam through. I read it in in in, in one place that they used a bulldozer to uh, go go through some of the obstacles, and also. Uh, tunneling underneath. I don't know where all their tunnels are. I've seen some uh, maps now, but they have you tunnel out from underneath Gaza and you've got a place to come up either on the other side of the first obstacles or right beside them and then you use the 
uh, breaching charges or other type of techniques to go through. Uh, and they practiced uh, the, the Hamas assault teams had 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 practiced uh, uh, breaking through obstacles uh, to get uh, to get out of that first line of defense that, that the uh, Israelis have uh, around Gaza, at least you know, on the where Gaza meets uh, meets Israel. Uh, they practiced it, and they had you know the will and as Jim said, uh, brute force. Uh, they were going through because they were going to they were going to kill Israelis, which was their atrocity was their goal, you know, absolute atrocity. Now, if that's Hamas's goal, the question you ask is what is Iran's? And Iran's goal is it wanted to scotch and completely destroy the rapprochement between Saudi Arabia and Israel, and underline the Abraham Accord. Because then suddenly, all of their Arab and Israeli enemies, remember the, the Iranians, you did talk about racists, the Aryans uh, versus the Semites, they see themselves as superior to everybody else in the region. And that's not anything new. You can, it's been going on at least 6,000 years. Well, maybe 4,500, depending. But it's, that's what the Iranian wanted to do was stop that rapprochement and of course there were uh, Palestinian radicals uh, and Arab radicals that didn't want that uh, to happen uh, either and so that they, they they train their extremists to go through and commit the atrocities and then that's the political payoff that the boys in Tehran uh, think they've got now the other thing too is you can see the the strategy that the uh, Iranians uh, have had, at least the Ayatollah regime, is they build up all of these radical militias that are in their pay. And as Jim talked about the corruption of this, they provide them with money and weapons. Hezbollah is an example, and Hamas is another one, and then the Houthis down in, uh, in Yemen. And notice uh, uh, yesterday, uh, a U.S. Uh, uh, guided missile destroyer in the northern uh, part of the Red Sea uh, intercepted, uh, what was it, three Houthi missiles and four or five uh, drones that the Houthis had launched longer range with uh, probably trying to target uh, southern Israel. Maybe the port of Elok, or the uh, which is on the Red Sea, uh, but it was the U.S. destroyer shot uh, shot him down, and long range attack. The Houthis have pulled some off against the Saudis, but this was the approaching the the longest I think that uh, I'm I'm aware of of them trying to uh, hit a target at at, at that range. But the, here's the political component of it. The Iranians and their media allies all over the world, including media allies in the West, say all of these oppressed groups are coming together to wage war on the Israelis in the name of decolonization or ending oppression or whatever. 
And it's, it's garbage because one of the most oppressive regimes in the world is the Iranian Ayatollah regime. And these militias are really wholly owned subsidiaries. It's not that they don't have uh, issues, local issues, like the Houthis in, 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 in Yemen. They have issues with other tribes uh, in Yemen that uh, Iran leverages. But here, that's what they get from the propaganda angle saying, look, we've got all of these oppressed people attacking Israel, who is doing nothing in, in, in Yemen whatsoever. Uh, that's a really a Saudi Arabian war, is what it amounts to, with, with Saudi allies backing them up. But that's what that's the, the, the cover story is, is all of these oppressed peoples are going after the Israelis. And then, of course, some leftist academics just eat that up because they don't, if they don't know the facts, they imagine, uh, imagine facts that uh, aren't uh, imagined facts. It's, a, it's <laughs> what it is, is a propaganda lie. Now, what is it? How does that fit into you know the uh, the intel thing? The Israelis wanted to believe that things were getting better, and the Iranians yeah, have the monetary power and the weapons, and really the evil intent to say no. If something gets better, we're gonna launch an atrocity attack that scotch everything because you're gonna the Israelis gonna have to come back and do what Jill said to protect themselves. And from a political, uh, political, and uh, ethnic element of that uh, politics uh, point of view, uh, moderate and even conservative Arab regimes that see, gee, one of the best things we could do is have uh, ec positive economic and political relations with the Israelis, because there's a lot of lot of room for cooperation. Plus. The Saudis are uh, also thinking, you know, our, the real threat is Iran, and the Israelis have military power to counter Iran. That was part of it. But now, you know, they, the, this rapprochement, at least in public, between Saudi Arabia and Israel is off the table for five, ten years. Like, backdoor or covert cooperation, I think that's going to continue. Because uh, Iran has made it clear they're an implacable enemy. They're an implacable enemy to Arabs. So, but uh, you're going to have to. That's that fact shouldn't have to be learned in the way. It, again, the hard way. That's uh, you know, that, that's one of the big lessons out of this. Dan is how evil the Ayatollah regime is. But here's the one that set it up. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. So one of the things is, you know, is a lot of people have been talking about, well, how do we solve this problem? And I was listening to somebody yesterday on YouTube and they made the statement, well, there's a simple solution. If Hamas laid down their weapons and surrendered, there'd be peace. And all the way back through to the 1930s, if the Arabs had laid down their arms, there would be peace because the Israelis have always been such that 
they weren't going to attack anybody that did not attack them. And, uh, you know, 1948, people need to study it. There was a, a mandate uh, that the British gave up, and they arranged for a two-state uh, solution, and the Arabs rejected it. And Israel had agreed to it, and uh, if that had been the way that everybody had settled it, things would be different right now. So, I do you have any comments on that, Jim? No, no, no. They, they basically, like I say, they never miss an opportunity. You miss an opportunity. I don't know. That's a bad habit. They can't seem to shake. Uh, they're absolutists. I mean, they're basically Hamas, and we've reported this in, in strategy page. Uh, the underlying message is always, and it's and it's very always made blatantly clear in Arabic. Israel must be destroyed. That is the ultimate goal. Anything else else we do is simply you know a step in that direction. Uh, and the Israelis understand and that. I mean, half the Israelis are Arabs, and a lot of them speak you know Arabic. And uh, you know they they read the uh, listen to the uh, uh, the Arab media, <laughs> the uh, uh, the the media in the uh, in the West Bank and elsewhere in the, in the region, and so they know what the goals are of their opponents, and they're absolutists, and they have to do what they can to stop that. Uh, like I say, the what really set Hamas loose in Gaza was a failure of intelligence. Now I'm sure they're they're jumping through their hoops, you know, in Israel. So well, how are we going to avoid that again? He said, "Well, get rid of the Hoopers. Never things to go any better." then you expect them to look probably a great deal worse. Uh, so, you know, for into the you know, balance of the good old days uh, where the Israelis were keeping it under check and basically taking all that flack from the rest of the world. Oh, you're being so unkind to the Arabs. Uh, everybody else in the world has very short memories. Austin? I was just... Uh, thinking about uh, the uh, what, what you'd said about the uh, mandate, uh, 47-48, there, there are a, a number of maps, they're all public domain, that are, are on the uh, United Nations uh, uh, site, that uh, beginning in the late 30s and running up until uh, really uh, temporary time, I guess the I think in the 1980s, for the last six or seven years, is it is it the last one? I'll, it's no. There's some. There 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 are a couple more that, that uh, I've seen. Maybe they're not in that. Uh, yeah, 1983 uh, is the way one I saw. Yeah, well, there there may be a on another site, Jim. But the thing is, the most interesting ones are the 40s and 50s. And the the forty seven and forty eight ma uh, maps, which uh, you know the two state solution, uh, they're quite real. They're quite educational, and as Dan said, they were rejected by the uh, Arab coalition who decided to invade. And here we are. You know, and not that I know the map. I mean, that's that's their that's their watchword. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I remember what it was. It, it was a a, a map of uh, 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 Gaza. It was a, a new Gaza map, and I was probably about ten years ago. Ten years ago, so, but it was uh, it, it wasn't any 
to the end of state solution. So, well, we'll wrap it up there and we'll talk to you gentlemen next time. Bye. All right. So, yes. Bye bye.